Opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Murray Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Bremen University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about how to change our thinking. And sometimes we have this negative thinking or this catastrophic thinking or thinking that just doesn't serve us. And so that really hurts our relationships. So today I'm just thrilled to again have my co-author Leonard Simchuk with me here in the studio. And we're going to talk about our chapter nine, which is change your thinking, change your love life. But before we do that, again, if you haven't heard anything about Leonard before, I want to just share his incredible background. Leonard Simchuk is an author, speaker, psychotherapist, and a life coach. For the past 40 years, he's worked both in Australia and America as an educator and therapist. And he was the director of the Family Therapy Program at the Marriage and Family Center in beautiful Sydney, Australia. And then he later worked with the Family Institute at Northwestern University in Chicago. He's the author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which is an Amazon bestseller, as well as a wonderful novel, Cuckoo Forevermore, a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy. And as I said, he's co-author with me of our book that's coming out, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. Leonard conducts fabulous seminars on personal and spiritual growth, and he consoles and coaches clients in Orange County, California, and he teaches writing as well. He is my good friend, my wonderful mentor, uh, my maxi buddy, and you can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com and also at his own website at roadmaphome.com. Thank you again, Leonard, for joining me in the studio. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Maui, as we continue on our journey to learn about conflict. Yes, learn about healing conflict and changing conflict. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, people get stuck in the past. And when they do, it's really hard for them to change their thinking. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, is it 
even possible to change the past. People say, how can you change the past? But there are ways that you can actually change the past, right? So true. You know, we tend to think that our memories are etched. You know, these memories will always keep us locked into one way of thinking. And I always think of when we change our perspective, we change our views of the past. And I, I think of uh, growing up as a kid, and I always saw my mom, who's a single parent, raised four of us children. And I always um, looked back when I was growing up as she really wasn't as available for me. And she was working, and I just uh, felt that uh, somewhat neglected. But then as I aged and I started looking back, I began to really appreciate all that she did the hard work, the sacrifices she made for the family, and then all of a sudden my perception of her changed and I began to see her in a more loving light. And it's almost as if the past began to change as well. That's what happens when we start changing our thinking. Right. When we change our thinking, and also forgiveness helps too, and we've talked about forgiveness. You know, I think also in my own life, like, you know, when when I went through my divorce, I, I just thought of my exes as being so evil for some of the things that happened during that time. But as I processed my change in thinking and did some of the things we're going to talk about today, I could really soften and see that he did the best he could with the tools that he had. And I see in many ways him suffering now in, in some ways and I have compassion and I it just changed the past for me and I recognize looking 2020 vision that I can change the past that I'm okay that I realized I grew from that that the the pain that I went through I grew from and it was really a blessing in disguise so the past was really that something that I can I can look at in a very different way, which does change it, and I don't have the anger left with it, and uh, it did change it for me. But you know, it, it seems to me, Mar, what you did is you actually saw that you could consciously change how you were thinking. And yes. So even in that situation with your ex-husband, you you came to the realization that you needed to change. Yes. And that change within yourself started creating change outside of yourself. Yes. And then when I look back, it has a whole different meaning. I don't have that, that terrible feeling in my stomach. I, I look back and I say, you know, it, it was it was a growth opportunity. So, you know, I, I think it helps us to be resilient. So, you know, let's talk about how our thoughts really create our reality. We, we're kind of talking about it already, but there's all sorts of books like Creative Visualization and all the gift and everything like that. But people don't think that they have the power to change their thinking. And so they create their reality. And and I, I love this, you know, saying by I think therefore I am. It's like the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. And then they can. So let's talk a little bit about how we create the reality that we're thinking. Well, you know what happens is that we have our own self-talk. I think the studies show that in one day we have between 50,000 and 70,000 thoughts. And those thoughts start creating our reality, and they keep on reinforcing. I remember one time meeting a gentleman, 
and he was a client, and everything he said was all negative. He says, you know, the world is so negative. The world is so dark. And as I listened to him tell the story, everything he said was all negative. And that's really what he was doing in his own mind. And so even if you put him in Disneyland, his mind would start being looking for any pieces of paper that was on the ground or whatever. His perception because of his self-talk reinforcing that this life is not really well it's unjust or and all the negative thoughts that he was having that's what he starts looking out through a frame let's say a glass frame and that's what he's going to see in the world yeah that's like do you see the world as glass half empty or a glass half full it's that thing that that what kind of glasses do we put rose-colored glasses on (laughs) or do we put these ugly green glasses on to make everything look terrible so we really do create that reality and i know for me if i tell myself in the beginning of the day it's going to be a great day it really helps me to have that attitude of positiveness and it's going to be a great day if i stub my toe when i get up in the morning and i go oh damn you know and i just get into that mood and i don't force myself to get out of it i might see a whole day filled with that kind of attitude that things will happen and and negatively so we do create our reality and people don't always want to see that but they we do we absolutely create it whether we consciously know it or not and i think that's important sometimes we can consciously say you know i i see the sunshine out there i see the beautiful trees and the wind i see you know you just look for things like what you were talking about can you look for things that are positive and if you don't look for things that are positive you know that's going to be a problem and then unconsciously what's going on i think that a lot of our behavior is driven by the unconscious we don't even know what we're thinking because most people we're going to be talking a bit later about mindfulness and we don't really know what our thoughts that are dominating our life and propelling us forward so i think the the key is to become more conscious of what we are thinking exactly so how is it that sometimes people feel they're slaves to their thoughts? I know sometimes I've had family members who just say, well, I can't change my thinking. I can't. I'm just, I'm just, that's the way I am. What do we tell people like that? I'm sure you've heard that in, in, her, well, your, your uh, therapy. And, and also, when I see couples and, and partners who say, I want him to change his thinking. Right, 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 <laughs> you right. better change your thinking. And right. once you change your thinking, then this relationship will be much better. Right, right. So we just want our, the other people to change their particular thinking. But the bottom line is, is that it's really up to us to um, really be able to find out what it is that we are thinking so that we can make a shift for that. Yes, yes. So, you know, when we have conflict in our relationships, we do have four choices. People don't realize that they have choices. And so we can talk a little bit about that. And I guess we'll share about that. First, let's talk about what the four choices are. When you're in a, a, a relationship that's got a challenge, but you want to stay in that relationship, you can first say, well, look, I mean, the relationship is going to change if at least I change myself. You know, and that's really, you can't change anybody else. So the, the one thing you can do is to change yourself. And that's not even easy, is it? No, but, and that's a sense of empowerment. Because really, if I, for anything to change, if I change myself, then I am feeling more empowered about doing something about my life. 
Right, right. And if we, like you were saying before, <laughs> you go and go into therapy and they say, well, he needs to change. Well, <laughs> you know, th- no one changes unless they want to change. And I can't change myself unless I want to change. I have, and that in itself, if I say to myself, I want to lose 20 pounds, even that is a challenge. So it's hard enough to change ourselves less someone else. So changing yourself is working on yourself doing everything you can, read your self-help books, listen to our radio show, or go to go to Leonard <laughs> and get some therapy. The second thing we can do, though, is if we're in a relationship, we can negotiate with our partner for change. We can say, gee, you know, there's that, you know, when we're together, um, I feel like you're, I'm not being heard. So, I would like to work on on how we communicate with each other and what can we both do that we can communicate better. And you do that all the time in mediation because you're helping couples negotiate for change, how they can uh, work through a uh, separation and negotiating what is the best way to go about doing this, setting boundaries and being clear and settling property and actually being able to say goodbye. Yeah, and even joint custody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you really have to negotiate. Like, okay, let's both agree that um, for our children we're going to use similar type uh, discipline, okay, so that they don't go to my house and they can do anything and they go to your house and then they get hit or something so let's negotiate for a change for both of us that we're both going to do timeouts or what we're going to do so those are really important and and it but negotiating for change with your partner really requires that both people are willing that's that's a key issue yeah if you have i mean negotiating means that uh, both as you say, Mari, both are prepared to at least take a look at giving up something and trying to have some kind of a win-win position. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that they listen to each other to hear what are my interests and what are yours, because maybe I don't have to give up anything. Maybe my interests are really different from yours. So if if my interests are different from yours, we can both get our needs met, and then it's okay. We can, we can do this. But also, um, you know, we have to learn to... Listen and be respectful. I just had a mediation today where there was not a lot of respect. And I think in order to be able to negotiate, each party must be respectful of the other person, listen to the other person, hear what they say, reflect back, and then problem solve and brainstorm solutions. So if, if you are not willing to listen, if you're not willing to be respectful, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to negotiate for any change. That's right. And so we've talked about some of the things that uh, are choices we have, either change yourself, negotiate for change. Third thing is take a break or end the relationship. Yes. And even in couples that I work with, sometimes in they're in the midst of conflict, sometimes having a timeout is necessary so that they can separate get some clarity, maybe take a look at what they were thinking, maybe how they were behaving, and then saying, what do I need? How do I want this relationship to be? And then with that new thought, a new intention, they can come back and begin to um, interact and even negotiate in a a much more healthier way. Yeah, and sometimes when you take a break, you realize that, gee, you know, I really do love this person. There are really wonderful things about this person. And so I want to come back and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to be thoughtful. I'm going to be conscious. I'm going to be mindful of what I'm doing that interferes with our relationship, and then hopefully your partner will feel the same. So taking a break is not a bad idea. Sometimes just taking, if you get into a conflict, taking a break for the afternoon isn't even a bad idea, or taking a break from each other for a week, or and sometimes you get to the point where 
there has been so much that you need to really end the relationship. It's toxic. And you and I were talking about toxicity. If a relationship gets to the point where it's toxic, where one person is unwilling and unable to change, then that's when you might have to say, okay, I'm going to end this relationship. But even then, that let's say if, in this, if I'm in a toxic relationship and I realize that this isn't serving me, I still have to change my thinking. Yes. And I have to change my thinking. It says I'm no longer going to be thinking like a victim. Yes. I'm going to be thinking more in an empowered state. And then from that empowered place of thinking, then I can make some changes. Yes, exactly. That's so important is no matter what, we have to change our thinking throughout the time. And then the last one, the, the fourth, so we talked about first choice you have is to change yourself. Second, to negotiate for change with your partner. Third is to take a break or end. And fourth, let's say you decided uh, you tried all those things, the previous things, and you still want to stay in the relationship. Um, people don't realize that sometimes when they just don't do anything, they don't want to change themselves, they can't negotiate for change, and they just are too scared to leave, that they've made a choice to be miserable. And that is truthfully a choice. If you're a victim, you have chosen that victimhood that you're just talking about. So we want to reject that kind of uh, misery. No one deserves to live in misery. That's change your thinking. Say, I deserve to have a good life. I deserve to have boundaries. I deserve to have respect. I deserve to be loving. And when you make that choice, which get you know, it kind of reverts back to changing yourself again, right? Well, that does really. So let's. So after those choices, the really, the most empowered place is changing your thinking. Yes. And so we've got like six steps, right. really, to talk about how to change your thinking. Yeah, and that's really hard. People say, "Well, gosh, you know, you, you say change your thinking." People, how the heck do you change <laughs> your thinking? My think, you know, what people think. People don't realize that their ego is saying all these things, right? And that they have a bunch of, of <laughs> I say entities in your head. You, you have a, a higher self that can be in control of the ego and of all these other parts. That you can look at that ego and say, okay, honey, I know you're scared. Or, okay, honey, I know that you're fearful and you've been uncomfortable in this relationship. You, your higher mindful self can do something. So let's go with those steps of how you change yourself. So let's say I want to change my thinking. So the first step that I would have to uh, be aware of is just to be aware and mindful of my thoughts. So really, many of us just, uh, you and I were talking, Mari, about sometimes our thoughts, I, we use the metaphor of a fan going yeah. overhead. So just imagine there's a fan going overhead and there's four blades. One of the blades represents our body in our internal sensations. So it could be our heart rate, it could be our muscles, our, our lungs, our intestines, our internal kind of uh, sensations. Another blade is our five senses. So, you know, we're, we're sense of uh, smelling, tasting, touching, seeing, hearing. Mm -hmm. So we've got those five senses that are also par motion. So what are we feeling at the time? And the last is, what am I thinking? And so often in life, this blade is whirling around and we don't even realize that blade is whirling around. And so we know how important it is to practice mindfulness. And mindfulness is really just becoming mindful in a non-judgmental way, right. not critical way, just saying, I'm 
now aware and mindful of this fan. Wow, I'm now aware of feeling tense. I'm now aware that I'm thinking hmm, negative thoughts. I'm now aware I'm thinking I'm not good enough. Or I'm now aware I'm thinking, geez, I'm being victimized. So I'm really becoming more conscious of what I am thinking. That that mindfulness is really the very first step because I can't change anything until I'm aware of right. what I'm thinking. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is once you have that consciousness, once you have that mindfulness, then you can go to the next step, which is an important step as well. And that is to start asking yourself, okay, so I'm thinking that I'm not good enough for my spouse. Okay. So the next, if I find myself thinking that I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not whatever this is this how I want to think? You know, is this something that I really want to think? And so that's the next question. And then you answer it. Well, no, <laughs> you know, who wants to think badly of oneself, right? So that's number two. How about number three? So let's say, so let's say if, if one of them is I'm not good enough, right? And as you said, you're asking yourself, is this how I want to think? No, I want to feel good enough. I want to feel appreciated. I want to feel loved. I want to feel loved. And we can begin to discover there's usually an underlying belief underneath that thought. Right. So um, if I grew up believing I'm not good enough, Mm -hmm. that I'm not good enough belief is going to be a lens in my glasses that I'm looking out into the world. And so when I'm relating with a partner, the I'm not good enough is in the background. And my partner may say six statements and five very positive and one maybe slightly critical. I'm going to react to that one slightly yeah, right. critical one. Forget about the five positives. <laughs> yeah. And that one slightly critical one says, what do you mean? Why are you telling me I'm not good enough? Because that's triggered a belief of mine. Right. And and part of it, the healing is, as we know, when our partner triggers that belief, it means it's just bringing it into our awareness, our consciousness. It's putting it into the light so that we can actually shine that focus on it and then change it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So then we say, okay, so I know the belief I'm not good enough. And then I might say, well, how do I want to think and believe? Mm-hmm. And so, oh, you know, I do. I am good enough. I'm perfect the way I am. So I'm beginning to choose. Here's where in being aware of my thoughts, then I choose how do I really want to think. Right. And then I say, you know, I really want to be appreciated. I am good enough, and I want to really appreciate myself and take better care of myself. That's the new thought that I want to mm-hmm. promote in my life. So again, when we that's kind of like the fourth step. Right. And then we move to the fifth step is is this then making a list of these positive thoughts and beliefs that we want to have. We so, we know so much the the power of affirmations, right, yes, Maureen? Yes, the power of affirmations, and and sometimes we don't want to just say them rotely. We want to really go deep in them and believe them and 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 tie them to some truth. So if you look at the positive attributes about yourself to start with, like, oh, you know, I'm really smart, or I'm really nice to other people. So, you know, then you can take it from what you really are, and really focus on all those good qualities that that people tell you is good about you, you know, you're friendly, you're kind, you're generous, 
just say that I'm kind, I'm generous, I'm a good person, I'm I'm caring, and then you can start those other things. And because I am all these things, I deserve love, I deserve affection, I am love, I am affection, and and we can then you know just because we say these things doesn't mean that we think that we are well you were talking about perfect yes i'm i'm okay where i am and i am perfect where i am but that doesn't mean i can't grow it mean that does not mean that i'm not going to still work on myself i'm not i just don't want people to think like oh well i am who i am so that's tough cuz i've heard that in mediation you know one spouse will talk about the other and the other one will answer back well that's who i am like it or leave it and then the other spouse will say well i'm leaving it so i'm what we're talking about in perfection is at the point we are now in our lifetime has brought us to this point and that's perfect for where we're supposed to be at this moment but we're supposed to continue to improve ourselves and change ourselves that's a bit like a a caterpillar is perfect just being a caterpillar knowing the caterpillar is going to grow it's going to change shed its skin so it is perfect just the way it is it it's perfectly evolving and that's what we are we're perfectly evolving you know the other thing is in, in affirmations mari is that if you're in a relationship you can here's this is the beautiful thing about relationships because i believe relationships the benefit the perks of a relationship is is the relationship can help shift the thinking in a quicker way so mm-hmm. imagine your partner you know you, you you're sharing this these affirmation lists with your partner and say you know i i really didn't feel good enough and i really like to feel that I, I, I'm, I'm really loved and cared for i'm beautiful attractive or whatever and this really makes me feel really good and your partner's on board and your partner starts echoing back to you right. those you're words. You're loving, you're beautiful, you're kind. Yes, yeah, yes, so it's, yes. a, it's like you're getting mirrored back. As parents, we did this to our children For sure. often. So Always telling them, you know, you're, and, and I've had to do that recently with my daughter, is just say, you know, you are beautiful inside and out. You're smart. Yeah, we always do that. So why don't we do that in relationships? You know, if we want uh, to nourish our relationship we want to say how wonderful the other person is. And, you know, that's what keeps the love alive, is to remind that other person how much you appreciate, you know. Um, to, for, Lloyd, for just a perfect example today, my, uh, I, I had something that was broken, and, and Lloyd figured out how to fix it, even though I needed it right then, and I said, my gosh, how did I marry such a wonderful, smart man? <laughs> you always know how to fix things. It's just incredible. And I really meant it. And yeah, I hope sure. you felt it. But I thought instead of just saying, oh, that's cool, I really wanted him to know how impressed I was because I can't fix things like he can fix things. So so, so that was kind of a neat thing is that I want to nourish that relationship. And of course, writing this book is making me remind myself and be mindful to do that. Well, you know, I think, uh, again, you mentioned in the morning, if I wake up in the morning, I'm setting the emotional, the mental tone for the day. Imagine if I start the morning really looking at gratitude, what I'm grateful right. for. And then what happens if I give an appreciation to my partner? Yes. And say, so, you know, I appreciate you you being with me. I appreciate all oh, the you loving do. you do yeah. for me. Yeah. So you're really sharing your appreciation with your partner in the morning. And you're, it's almost like filling your love bank. Yes, exactly. So let's just quickly go over what those steps were. Okay. Um, 
Because first step is just to be aware and mindful mm -hmm. of what you're thinking. So it's just practicing more mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Second step is just asking yourself, once I'm mindful of how I'm thinking, is this how I want to think? Right. And if it is, well, then just keep on thinking the same thing. Right. If it's not, then you may s discover what's, what is the belief underlying that thought? If it's a mm -hmm. negative thought, what's that belief underlying it? And then from there, you may ask yourself, well, how do I really want to think and what do I want to believe? You know, I'm, I'm loved, I'm good enough. Um, and then from there, we've talked about making a list of positive affirmations, positive beliefs. And then the last one, the last step would be, what could we do now? It's kind of like putting into action to reinforce those beliefs. So today, I'm going to make a gratitude list. Today, I'm going to repeat these affirmations whenever I feel kind of in a negative space. Today, I'm going to tell my partner how much I love him or her. Mm. So these are the, the last step is just actually putting it into action. Right, right. Well, we're just about out of time, but I just want to remind everybody that Leonard and I were saying that the critical issue is first awareness and mindfulness. And and just to let everybody know before we end that mindfulness is really um, paying attention in a particular way on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. So if you're interested in reading more about that, John Kabat-Zinn writes about that. And it's a, I just wanted to share that with everybody because that's kind of the key word for Leonard and I this year on mindfulness. So that's what we'd like to share with you. So we are just out of time. I want to thank you for joining us again, Leonard. You are so wonderful. Well, thank you, Mari, for having me here as well so that we can continue to learn about healing through conflict. Yes. So thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org and the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. Some people die for love. I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.